0: Hey everybody. And welcome to Belief It or... Not. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm Trevor Pullman. And
1: I'm Damian Depping.
0: And the meowing you hear is the cat you may hear throughout the episode is the cat I just adopted.
1: I I didn't hear any meowing. Okay, cool. He just started, so uh, everybody
0: uh, meet Jagger. Oh. Is Is he a loud meower? No, he's just a consistent meower, like Cause we, I was giving him pets, and then I stopped to record, and now he's like, "Where? Why am I not getting pets anymore?" Right. So, <laughs> so help me out for a bit, and then go lie down.
1: Uh, that's uh, that's just like you, Trev, when you used to live here, um, when no one was uh, uh, listening to your jokes, you would just come out and then loudly tell a joke out of context, and then <laughs> you'd <laughs> be like, "Isn't that funny?" And we we're like, "What?" <laughs> it's true. <laughs> my so. favorite
0: was uh the time i just kept giving colin updates on the
1: on the movie i was watching <laughs> yeah he really loved that you should do yeah, that you should um huge fan you should start calling him when you're watching movies and <laughs> you just should tell him what's going on
0: oh i will i will
1: <laughs> but uh oh yeah so how how have you been um uh, not too bad Just uh, made some cold brew, so having some of that, that's really nice. Nice, nice. Living living the quarantine dream.
0: Yeah, loving that quarantine dream. I bought some uh, Stereo Coffee at Toronto Roaster.
1: Where's that out of?
0: I don't know. I picked it up. I was walking by um, Bellwoods Brewery, and they had it for sale. And I was like, I need coffee, so I grabbed it. I saw it on Fedora as well, when that still was a company.
1: Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, now they're not anymore.
0: Yeah, they closed
1: up. One more victim to the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Shame. Shame. Let's talk about uh, some old-time religion. How old are
0: we talking? Uh, we're talking uh, early 1900s. That's not that old. It's not that old. So you know how uh, the first line of our theme song is, uh, America needs the tidal wave of the old-time religion.
1: Yeah, I, I've definitely uh, heard the phrase, uh, give me that old-time religion. Yeah. Was that a, was that a song?
0: Yeah, it was a song and it was just kind of this idea in the uh, revivalist movements that religion used to be better and Christianity used to be better, so let's get back to the way it used to be. So it's um, it's
1: nostalgia religion is what it is. what it, it is. It really is.
0: But the guy who said that quote at the beginning of every episode is a guy named Billy Sunday. Have you heard of Billy Sunday?
1: I think I think we've talked about him before. Haven't yeah, we? Yeah, I
0: think he's come up as like one of the big evangelist revivalist
1: guys. Right. Was his real name last name Sunday, or did he just make that because it's the Lord's day?
0: <laughs> no, that was his real name, so actually, I looked into that too. Um, his grandparents moved from Germany, and their last name was uh, Sundtag,
1: oh, and uh just or
0: Sundtag, and which is German for Sunday, so they changed it when they moved to America. Oh, there so, you go, yeah. And actually, when I was a kid, I grew up around a lot of Dutch people, and it's Dutch uh, for Sunday as well. It's the same word. Mm-hmm. And if you did something on a Sunday, like go to the store or something like that, you would hear an old person go, On zondag, <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, or uh, the Frisian would be upschnein.
1: upsnein.
0: Yeah. What is that? So like, oh, like on Sunday. Frisian's like another Dutch. Yeah, that means on Sunday, or okay. it's another uh, Holland or Netherlands language. But yeah, I meant on Sunday as well. So you'd either hear
1: "on sundak or Upschnein. Upschnein sounds so. like something you'd yell at someone when they do something that you're not happy about. Yeah, that's true. So, like they cut you off. Upsnein!
0: <laughs> that's literally what I thought it meant. Like for the longest time, and then I said it once, and my parents laughed, and like that you don't know what that means to you. On Sunday. <laughs> yeah like no Which it's wednesday
1: i, I think that kind of works too when uh like yeah. if someone cuts you off <laughs> on sunday <laughs> the lord's day so so uh was billy sunday billy sunday is the
0: guy's name right. billy sunday was a base professional baseball player turned evangel like traveling evangelist
1: so he was used to the travel schedule he yeah
0: he was used to the travel schedule <laughs> he was he was really well known for his one-liners and like quips and stuff okay so i thought i would read a couple of his quotes first and then get into kind of his history and uh mm. what he believes and how he worked and all that stuff going to church doesn't make you a christian any more than going to a garage makes you an automobile uh yeah, that was one of his famous quotes
1: i mean not bad
0: yeah i heard that one a lot when i was a kid Basically, you know, anytime
1: that you'd be like, "I go to church every Sunday and like that doesn't mean you're a Christian, you have to give your life to the Lord. I mean, so. at the same time i I kind of agree with it in the sense it's like, well, yeah, if you're just saying like, well, I go to church every Sunday, it's like, well, you're not being a very good Christian, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh here's one I don't believe your
0: your own bastard theory of evolution either. I believe it's pure jackass nonsense, okay uh. Yeah. Nowadays, we think we are too smart to believe in the virgin birth of Jesus and too well-educated to believe in the resurrection. That's why people are going to the devil in multitudes.
1: It's always funny when you hear uh, people calling others uneducated and then saying about heaven and hell. Yeah, it's true.
0: (laughs) If there ever was jubilee in hell, it was when the lager beer was invented. Wait a minute. What? He was a staunch... Prohibitionist? Prohibitionist. He hated uh, the idea of of beer and alcohol, and that was one of his main, like, preaching things.
1: Uh, I mean, beer and wine got people through uh, the civilization. Like, a lot of... Yeah, it's true. A lot (laughs) of people would have been dead if it wasn't for beer and wine. It's true.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then, uh, finally, the reason uh, you don't like the Bible, you old sinner, is because you know it's all about you...
1: Uh I don't know if that's true cuz there's definitely books that I've read that I didn't like and it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. I I understand I understand the sentiment. That's one of those things for the people who are in the, quote unquote in the know. They're like, hmm, that's a very valid point." And they don't understand cuz that's all yeah, about exactly. them. Yeah, exactly but yeah it makes you feel
0: better for like you you like it and they don't so that means they must be convicted of something or like they're trying to they just
1: want to sin or whatever it is yeah i mean and yes we do just want to sin because that's what all the fun stuff is yeah but that's not the reason we don't like the bible that's all i'm saying
0: i you know i i read the wikipedia page i read a lot of other things the wikipedia page is i feel like it's a little biased like it's like Written by his fans. (laughs) So that's another occasion where uh, maybe if you're one of those Wikipedia editors, you can check into some of the facts and check into, like, why it just, like, praises him the whole time. And, yeah, so that's something you could do. William Ashley Sunday is his full name. He was born in 1862. And he died in 1935. His uh, father was also named William Sunday. He died the same year that that Billy Sunday was born. He joined the volunteer infantry and died of pneumonia four months in. So, he joined the army, dies immediately from pneumonia. (laughs) Raised by a single mother and with, I think, four other siblings. She couldn't really take care of them. Ended up sending them to a home for... Soldiers, orphans, so it was like mm-hmm. this school, like boarding school type thing for like poor people. That's where he kind of discovered that he was an athlete and he liked playing baseball, right? And kind of moved on from there. And then eventually, he moved to Marshalltown, Iowa. Worked in a factory and uh, and stuff, but he was also on like the local baseball team, like the Rec League or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he was noticed by a guy named A.G. Spaulding of, you know, the Spaulding brand. Oh, really? Of sports equipment. Another guy in town told Spaulding that he should check this guy out. Uh, Spaulding saw him. Spaulding was the president of the Chicago White Stockings, now the White Sox, and drafted Sunday to play for for the White Sox. And he, you know, he had a pretty good career. It wasn't a long career, but he was pretty well known. Looks like he he played in yeah it was about nine years that he played professional uh baseball for the White Sox. There was a league split at the time too. Like while he was playing for for the White Stockings, a lot of other players moved to the new league. But he just he didn't believe in breaking contracts, so that's why like he stayed with the the White right. Sox because of that was able to play a lot more. He wasn't the best on the team originally, but like because of that he got a lot more play time and and got much better as an athlete he was well known but in 1887 or 86 they're not quite sure he was uh uh hanging out partying with the other uh the other teammates and he was walking downtown in chicago and he heard some hymns and it reminded him of his mother so he went in and he uh just went to this church service and then he just started going back every week and eventually you know converted (laughs) and uh Yeah, and decided that he wanted to, he wanted to do this, so he got an apprenticeship, he started Working at the YMCA and preaching on Sundays at the YMCA. Yeah, I
1: see, I see. I don't, I don't know if I, I buy that story that he was just walking by and heard of him, and he's like, "Well, that's what I'm going to do now from now on."
0: Yeah, exactly. It's one of those like Wikipedia. What is what's the actual fact here? Like, did, that's probably in his autobiography, so that ended yeah. up on the Wikipedia.
1: There's definitely something. Something happened, or he made a, a conscious decision to do it for for a a purpose.
0: Because especially, yeah, he, you know, moved out of his house when he was, like, 10
1: or whatever. And, yeah, and he's out um, partying with the boys, yeah. and then all of a sudden decides, well, I guess I'll be a church man now.
0: Yeah, and, uh, yeah, so he started preaching, and then he uh, had an apprenticeship with a very well-known evangelist at the time, name of Chapman. So then he ended up, he got out of his contract with the White Sox and, uh, in 1891, and that's when he went into, like, preaching full-time and trying to, like, be a... Be, uh, traveling evangelist yeah oh sorry it was in 1891 he got the ymca job uh paying 83 dollars a month to like preach and do other stuff at the ymca it was also in 86 that he met his wife
1: mm-hmm.
0: one quote he said was she was a presbyterian so i'm a presbyterian had she been catholic i would have been catholic because i was hot on the trail of nell it's like okay so <laughs> you're going around preaching this like gospel but mm-hmm. you admit that you just chose this religion because of a girl you had the hots for
1: that's part of the reason why i i have to believe that his original turn back to the church was not as simple as they say it is if yeah if he's chasing after a girl and he's, he's flip-flopping around
0: yeah exactly yeah that sounds very uh like apocryphal or very suspect mm-hmm. yeah to like help the narrative kind of like a like a road to Damascus kind of Saul Paul conversion when it's really just he liked a girl.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: it, oh, sorry, it was Wilbur Chapman he started. J. Wilbur Chapman was the guy. Uh So he's a big preacher. So in 1893, he started working under him, and then eventually it started his own tour. I don't know. You should check out a video of this guy. There's videos of him preaching, and he's very animated with how he preaches, and it's almost like... A lot of the preachers that came after him really just took his style, but he like right. he did the classic. He he would have one hand in the air and then clap for his points, and he'd have the other hand like pointing to the audience and just very animated, big movements. And it they really seemed like just really well rehearsed lines and movements, and it was it was really just a production, like it was a stage
1: show. Yeah, he was like the first. To really bring all those kind of things to the forefront, then that, that would yeah. just uh, still be in the preacher parodies that we see today. Have you
0: ever seen that the video of the kid on Oprah, who was like the child preacher on Oprah?
1: No, I I don't I don't watch Oprah. Oh, child yeah, preachers she's the so. worst.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so he, this that kid like it. It looked like he was just doing a Billy Sunday impression. It was yeah, it was just dead on. So so yeah, he he had those big movements and he also well known for his quips and his little like using a lot of slang and using catchy kind of rehearsed lines. And uh, it was interesting too the the sermon with the America needs a tidal wave of the old time religion. It's all about how for their time Moses and Abraham were billionaires and like how the Bible says that you know you're uh, you have to have money to raise your kids and uh, if you don't have money you're not a good leader and stuff like that so he was very much big on wealth and and all that stuff so
1: was this like the start of these uh, evangelicals trying to get people to give them more money
0: it sounds like it. He was pretty wealthy for for a preacher after a while. Like, I think he would make like $850 for each sermon, which it, at the time was what the average person would make in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he would make like 850 and he would preach multiple times a week. So
1: Very bizarre claim that Moses and... Moses and... Uh, and who else was it, sorry?
0: Abraham. Abraham yeah, because of the, the amount billiards. of cattle. And, yeah. <laughs> right. And then, yeah, so he would go from town to town with tents at first, and they would set up tents and he was like, kind of the main one leading at first, getting the tent set up and then eventually, you know, got a crew but at one point, there was a snowstorm and his tent went down so from that point on, he demanded that the towns would build him a wooden tabernacle before he showed up
1: He demanded that they build him one Every town?
0: Every town that he went to I had to build him like a wooden tabernacle uh, building, basically. Yeah, at their own
1: expense. Oh, I would have told this guy to get, to get fucked then. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and the thing is, like, again, the Wikipedia page talks about how it was a great... Like, it said it, it said it was at their cost, and it said it was sometimes they struggled to be able to afford to do it. But it also said, but it was also uplifting, like a barn building. It's like huh. okay, well, it seems like it's just a shitty thing to do, if you ask me.
1: That's so funny that we uh we see that now. Wow, who is who is the preacher right now who is asking people even during Corona to donate so he doesn't uh he doesn't go poor or something like that.
0: Oh yeah, Jim Baker, that real crazy guy he could just eat his buckets of schlop that he tries to sell old people.
1: Right, that's true.
0: <laughs> uh, so Nell, he he eventually, uh, as he was making more money, he brought in Nell, his wife to be his manager basically and it was actually her that that really ramped up the business side of things and actually made him more successful with planning and and running the whole like business side of the operation
1: oh so this is this is kind of like in uh, breaking bad where skylar f- starts uh, taking care of the books yeah exactly exactly
0: yeah, they hired a nanny, and then they would just uh, tour around together uh, because he was worried about falling out of love or or too much strain on the relationship by traveling too much. So he's like, "Okay, I'll hire you on." And then she ended up being really good at it and really helped him like build the ministry to like what it became. But then after World War One, his stocks dwindled; like nobody cared anymore about him. Yeah, <laughs> he just wasn't. Yeah, I think too, with a traveling evangelist at the time, nobody had, you know, you didn't have TVs, not every town had movie theaters, there wasn't a lot of things to do. So you have a big traveling evangelist who puts on this big show with music, and then this crazy monologue of a of a sermon. And you're, you're like, Okay, yeah, that's, uh, that's an entertaining night. And then, you know, eventually there's other things you can do with your time besides being told you're going to hell. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> fair. Especially,
1: especially after the First World War, I feel that like there was probably a lot of uh, apathy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, probably. Because, like, after the Second World War, people went back to religion. But I don't, like, think after the First World War. And then, like, with Prohibition and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. He he kept going. Like, he was always preaching and stuff till like the day he died basically
1: well these people i don't i don't think they ever really stop unless they have to right
0: yeah exactly like there was no big scandals in his in his ministry um besides near the end of his life his kids weren't in very good shape his oldest son george committed suicide in 1933 his daughter died multiple cirrhosis their their lifetime nanny died as well around the same time so it was just like a A rough couple years there, Mm -hmm. and then he ended up dying himself in 1935, so he had, like, kind of a a big rise to fame, and then just, like, this drop. He also would use baseball, like, use the fact that he was known for baseball in his sermons and stuff like that a lot, too, and he would plan games in the towns he would go and he would set up games with like the town folks and stuff and actually like show up in his white socks uniform and, (laughs) and play for both like go back and forth playing for both sides yeah he uh let's talk about some of his uh his beliefs and the things he preached about Basic Protestant, Presbyterian Christian. Although he was ordained as a Presbyterian minister, he never actually, like, preached in a Presbyterian church. He never had his own church or whatever. He was only a traveling evangelist, so he wasn't really denominationally affiliated at all. Okay, almost an independent... Yeah, exactly. A lot of Protestants didn't like him because he didn't believe Catholics were going to hell, basically.
1: (laughs) Oh, and that's all the Protestants wanted to believe, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly, (laughs) yeah. He, uh, he was just, you know, okay with, with them being considered Christians. And they're like, what? (laughs) Like I said before, he was really against drinking and gambling and stuff. And like, he helped with like the prohibition movement and Mm -hmm. was very angry when it was abolished. And, uh, and did many sermons about how the country was going to hell and stuff for, for bringing alcohol back. And yeah. He uh, he stood against. He was against card playing. He was against going to the movies, and he was against the the fashion trends of the 1920s. He thought they were too like revealing and and
1: sexual and man. And this stuff guy, like that this guy didn't want to have any fun. No, this guy was a boring. Yeah, That's the other thing. Most of these preacher guys very boring. They need to really jazz this up a little bit. You know? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um. He was uh, he was for women's suffrage. He wanted the women to have the vote, so that's a good thing, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, he called his uh, first revival kind of tour, I guess, the uh, kerosene tour because he was lighting them up. The, the kerosene circuit, sorry, no, because it was in uh, 1896, and he, you know, he was from Chicago. He lived in Chicago, but he was going to all these towns that didn't have electricity yet, so right. it was all these, yeah all small towns that weren't electrified, so he called it the kerosene circuit. Yeah, he was an interesting character. Very animated, very polarizing, but very much like Billy Graham would say he's a big influence and a lot of other kind of evangelical mm-hmm. leaders and and guys who have their big crusades where they go around trying to save the world or save souls or whatever.
1: Is there a lot of uh is there any like video footage of him? Preaching, yeah, there's all? quite a bit, quite a bit, yeah.
0: I would say definitely check it out. It's very, uh, it's, it's very uh, interesting to watch. Mm. He also ended each of his uh, services, I guess, with calling people to go down the sawdust trail, which well, was his was... way of like. Yeah, the Sawdust Trail, which was his, like, altar call or whatever, his, like, call to action, where you, that's where you come up, and then you say the sinner's prayer or whatever, and you give your heart to the Lord.
1: Oh, okay, so they probably just had, like, the aisleways lined with sawdust or something.
0: Yeah, probably because, like, they're the wooden tabernacles, so it's just, like, wood and, and yeah. ground, so they probably, like, It was probably put muddy. Sawdust.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah like uh when they throw sawdust on puke at the amusement parks. Yeah. <laughs> do they do that? I don't know. I think I think I feel like they do. P- sawdust on the puke? Mhm. Yeah, they maybe they would maybe, do that maybe in, like, not anymore. School. Oh, they did. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I feel like my janitor just like our janitor at school had like a bucket of sawdust that if somebody puked that he would like throw it on there.
1: <laughs> I feel I think they use it up. I think they use chemicals now for it, but
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Or cat litter. Maybe.
0: Uh, A lot of newspapers would also print his whole sermons Mm -hmm. in their, uh, like, after he was in their town, they would just print a transcript of the whole sermons in their newspaper. In 1907, there was a quote about him from a journalist, though, that said, The old, old doctrine of damnation, in spite of his conviction that the truly religious man should take his religion joyfully, he gets his results by inspiring fear and gloom in the hearts of sinners. The fear of death with torment beyond it intensifies by example of the frightful deathbeds of those who have carelessly or obitorially – that's a weird word – put off salvation until it's too late. It's with this mighty menace that he drives sinners into the fold. So basically... Yeah, I didn't like that he was, like, all about, if you don't do this, you're going to hell and you're going to burn. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, a lot of theolo- theologians were moving away from that kind of rhetoric, and a lot of pastors were moving away from that rhetoric, and he fully embraced it, so.
1: Right. Well, it, it worked for him for a while, so, I mean. He
0: hated the sounds of, like, coughing and babies crying and stuff like that during his sermons so huh. he would like
1: yeah. that's a lot like <laughs> had... someone we know right now <laughs> exactly exactly
0: so they always had nurseries cuz he didn't want babies in the in the crowd and also he would tell people yeah. how to stifle their coughs
1: i mean so it didn't if i was performing from a room i i, I wouldn't mind having a section for coughers and babies <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> get him out of here!
0: get him out
1: <laughs> no i'm serious though. get him out <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um. Wow. And yeah, so between 1908 and 1920, uh, they earned over a million dollars. So that was quite
1: a lot for the period. Yeah. I, um, I don't know what a million, million dollars would be with the exchange. Yeah. Well, if you think the average person...
0: So uh, yeah, according to this, they said the average person in that same time period would have made 14000 so that kind of puts it in a bit of perspective.
1: But. Okay, uh, here we go. A uh, million dollars in nineteen twenty is equivalent to about twelve million nine hundred five thousand seven hundred fifty dollars.
0: Okay, so he's not like he's not like Kenneth Copeland with his billions or or Creflo Dollar or whatever. But still, like for the time, probably one of the highest paid pastors. It's a good amount of money. I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't shake a stick at it.
1: No, I I, would, I mean I wouldn't mind thirteen million dollars right now.
0: Yeah, I'd take it. Yeah.
1: I mean, if anyone yeah. has uh, $13 million they don't want right now, just, uh, you know...
0: Just uh, email <laughs> us. Email transfer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, that's my kind of brief history of Billy Sunday. Any thoughts on wow. Billy Sunday?
1: It's nice to know, finally, where, uh, you know, Sunday got its name from. From this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who loved the Lord. Yeah,
0: it's weird to think that before 1862, we just didn't have a name for that day of the week.
1: Yeah, it was just Lord's Day.
0: Yeah, there was no, um, like, scandals or, like, sexual misconduct things
1: or whatever. And I, I think. I, um, I'm sure there probably was, but I don't know if they yeah. were reported as much as they <laughs> were later. That's true. That's true. Yeah.
0: I know Billy Graham kind of had. He, there's, like, the Billy Graham rule that Mike Pence follows where. <laughs> He was never alone with a woman uh, that wasn't his wife. Right. So there always had to be someone else there. You mean mother? And I don't know. Yeah, me, <laughs> he had to be with mother. <laughs> Jesus, uh, the worst. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so that's all I got about Billy Sunday. But I do have a quiz. Oh, we got another. Okay
1: where's our bible where's our bible where's our goddamn bible we I don't, don't have a bible in here why don't we have a bible we never have it's a bar what's this quiz on dun,
0: dun, dun, dun. it's a bible quiz sort okay. of I, I, with a twist
1: i still haven't read the book okay is that good is is that gonna hurt me
0: oh it's gonna hurt you okay what
1: has your creed knowledge uh no <laughs> not the best but uh, i'll try Okay, because this quiz
0: is a quiz I made called uh, Creed Lyric or Bible Verse.
1: Oh. Is this an homage to our our good pal?
0: Yeah, no, I just uh, was listening to a Creed song, and I thought that would be a fun game. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Forget that guy, then. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so here we go. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Uh, Is that a Bible Verse or a Creed Lyric?
1: It's a terrible lyric, so I'm going to say Bible Verse.
0: Yeah. Demons cluttering around, my face showing no emotion.
1: Uh that's Creed.
0: Yeah, from my own prison. Yeah. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again.
1: That's the Bible. That one I'm I'm more unsure about this one. It's
0: the Bible. Aha. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if I'm ready to be the man I have to be. I'll take a breath. I'll take her by my side. We stand in awe. We've created life.
1: This is definitely Creed.
0: Yeah. With the arms wide
1: open. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. If I could make the earth, my dreams the same, the only difference is to let love replace our hate.
1: Oh, Creed.
0: Yeah, it's from higher. <laughs> Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Another Creed, right? No. That one's from Proverbs 16, verse 24. Oh, really? Yeah. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light.
1: Uh, Creed? Bible. That's the Bible, too? Matthew
0: 6, verse 24, B, yeah.
1: If your eyes are healthy?
0: Yeah, if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Okay. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I don't... Did they know much about
1: eye health back then?
0: I don't think they
1: did. That was why I it's was... like
0: the same same area where they talk about an eye for an eye. So,
1: oh yeah. Well, so long as you have both of them, I guess that's good. Then,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, when you're with me, I'm free. I'm careless. I believe creed. Yeah, it's for my sacrifice.
1: I <laughs> I'm hearing like the 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 title of the song being sung, and they all seem to have the same the same kind of sound to me yeah it's true <laughs> like they're all sung the same way
0: i listened to a creed song today uh to ramp up for this and uh i was like oh i'm just upsetting jagger
1: <laughs> like, oh he's not a creed fan huh? he's not a creed fan he just went and hid oh no too <laughs> uh too righteous for him i think so right
0: now i see a face on the water it looks humble but willing to fight I saw the will of a warrior. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Uh, ooh, Bible? No, Creed. Shit. It's from Faceless Man. I had a feeling. Yeah. And then finally, may the Lord strike you with Egyptian boils and with tumors, scabs, and itch for which you will find no cure. The Bible. That's the Bible. Yeah, that's Deuteronomy 28 verse 27. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine if that was a Creed lyric, though?
1: (laughs) Deuteronomy, where's my car? (laughs) Nice. We should make that movie. (laughs) We should. (laughs) Oh, well, that was fun. How did did I do? Um, Did you keep score or no? I didn't keep score, actually. (laughs) Oh, great quiz. You did great, though. It's all good.
0: Don't worry about it. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for uh, learning more about Billy Sunday and my cat.
1: Yeah, and uh, until next time, uh, believe it. Or not. Bye. Bye.
0: Work, 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 Sky Moon. (laughs)